It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast, the very first spinoff of the Go Big Redcast. I'm with Producer Skip. Howdy, folks. We're about to talk about gambling. <laughs> also, the Redcast Rob. On a warm summer's eve. Oh, wait, <laughs> summer's over, and wait, is it March? You are the gambler, though, so it's okay. Uh, also, with uh, Boomer. Well, I'm here, I'm here, Dave, ready to talk about Serta and memory foam and everything. And, wait, you said this was the bedcast? Wait, Hockey for one, this is the bedcast on the Twitter feed. What are we doing? <laughs> ah, crap. Uh, yeah, I, that'd be a whole different show, the bedcast. I don't even know where we'd go with that one, but, um... What's your sleep ex- number, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> well, the over's at 52 yeah. and a half, so... But he's um, currently a four-star rated sleep number. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we, uh, we just can't get enough of ourselves, apparently, and, uh, thought that a spinoff focused on sports betting would be a good idea. And, uh, you know, Skip, you've been partaking in this for a while, and uh, you're kind of taking the lead on this. So why don't you just kind of give us a rundown of what the fans should expect uh, from the BetCast going forward? Sure. Uh, Yeah, we're going to make this a show about, um, first, a little bit of education about all the different kind of gambling you can do out there, legal, illegal, but mostly the legal, which is taking over the country, which we'll touch on in a bit. But there's more than just spreads and over-unders, and so there's a lot more options you can do. So we're going to kind of like educate the listener to what all those things are, uh, things that we like to bet, and um, uh, we're going to hopefully fill you in with betting trends and nuggets and statistics that could help inform you to make a, a more sound betting decision each college football week should you want to dabble in this uh, little entertainment called gambling excellent excellent yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it i probably should learn some myself i i have had a, enough uh, troubles already this year in, in college football so hopefully as a group we can actually lend some good advice to our listeners and ourselves and um, have fun at it right um, you know, Skip, let's talk a little bit about uh, the state of sports gambling across the U.S., right? I mean, for the longest time, um, sports gambling was only legal in Las Vegas. Uh, now, other parts of the world, Europe in particular, Asia, sports betting everywhere, right? Uh, advertisements would be on the jerseys of English Premier League teams for uh, sports betting, right? Their, their little betting stands are like 7-Elevens there if you've ever been to the yeah. U.K., they're on Very every corner. Culturally acceptable, right? But here it was it was hinged on Las Vegas only. And, um, you know, Boomer, I think it was maybe a year, year and a half ago now, the Supreme Court actually overturned a, a ruling from the early 90s that, that had preserved that. And um, New Jersey right away was like, hey, we're, we're going to have sports books up and running right away. And uh, now many other states um, have followed suit by either already making it legal, like what we have here in Colorado and across the Missouri River in Iowa, as well as states that are now considering it on their ballots. I think Kansas and Nebraska both have those, right? Well, yeah, we're at least considering opening casino uh, gambling in Nebraska that's on the ballot uh, this term, so we'll see if that comes through. So currently, for the time being, my presence on the Redcast is for entertainment purposes only for any of our uh, authorities that are listening to this, and um, (laughs) so just keep that in mind. So as we stand now, Dave, there are 22 states that have legalized gambling in some fashion. So there's seven that have only legalized it in a physical sports book within a casino. There's um, six more that have added on full mobile betting. Mobile betting, meaning you can do it on your phone if the phone recognizes through GPS that you're within the state. And Colorado is one of those states. 
So there's uh, like seven approved places you can wager. One, DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, BetRivers, FoxBet, BetMonarch. Um, so as long as you're in the state, you could be sitting from your couch and betting on an app. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about mostly because you can kind of do that offshore anyway. Uh, there's another <laughs> tier of states that have partial mobile betting like Iowa, meaning you have to at least physically go into a casino at one point to register to be a mobile better. Whereas these other states like Colorado, you don't even need to physically go into a casino. You just register online. Um, there's been another five states that have legalized it, but they haven't had the state infrastructure to um, start have a start date of it yet. And then we've got uh, seven more, or sorry, I think seven more states that are in legislature right now, uh, 10 being considered uh, by the legislature and two on the ballot this fall, two more states. So it, it's kind of inevitable, it seems like, that it's going to be legal across every state here pretty soon. So we're maybe uh, educating you, um, some of you guys who are in a state, before it becomes legal. You know, Skip, I would want to highlight for our, our listeners, for someone who is not really that familiar with with betting, one of the nice things about the the mobile betting is that opposed to going to Vegas, um, like where if you make a trip out to Las Vegas and you're going to go to a sports book, you may feel like, hey, you know, you have maybe a couple hundred bucks in, in, in your money roll and, hey, I'm going to put 20 bucks down a bet or something like that. Mobile sports book, um, if you just want to have a little bit of action on the game you happen to be watching on TV, you can put a couple bucks down and it, it's not a big expense. And, hey, it makes uh, the watching experience a little bit more exciting, right? Yeah, there's plenty of, um, you know, just to get in on the action, as they would say. Uh, I, I've i got no stake in this game, but throw $5 on it. Now I'm going to have that on in the background, uh, and I've got a rooting interest, you know. And it just kind of makes uh, watching some of these games a little more fun. If, if you weren't already a fan of college football before, uh, you will find that not only will you be a fan of maybe even a bigger range of teams and conferences because of what you're dabbling your money on but also you may watch a game all the way through even though it is a 20 point lead by one team in the fourth quarter because that spread is 21 and you're you know like so you're watching games through to the fourth quarter it's pretty entertaining to be in an actual sports book if you've ever been watching a game in a blowout on tv and people are losing their minds <laughs> as as a touchdown goes in with two minutes to pull the team within 27 points you know skip that actually is a really good segue into um something that i wanted to bring up and that was like what some of this stuff means you just said you're betting the spread um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what that is and, and what you mean by that for people that don't really understand. Sure, we're going to go through the types of betting now. Um, we're going to give a little master class here. Um, try to keep it brief, but there's very there's a lot of different ways to bet. So betting the spread, for example, you might see Nebraska's favorite to beat Purdue by 7, minus 7, meaning they're the favorite. Plus 7 would mean they're the underdog. So if you bet that game and Nebraska wins by 10, you won because they beat the spread of seven points, and so you win your bet. However, if they win by only seven, that's what they would call a push. It tied the spread. You would just get your money back. You wouldn't profit off it. But if they only won by a field goal, three points against Purdue, you would have lost your bet despite the fact that Nebraska won. Um, same, but So you can bet the spread the other way. If you bet Purdue at plus seven and they only lost by a field goal, Purdue would have lost the game, but you still won your bet on Purdue because they covered the spread. Uh, so there's other ways to bet. It's called over-unders. Rob, do you want to fill people in on what that is? Sure. Over-under is one of my favorite plays because um, it, for me personally, what it means is that the over-under, if the over-under is 54, that means there'll be 54 total points scored in that game. Like last weekend, I took nothing but the over on every game that I bet on and uh, covered and covered means that they scored more than what the over was. And the under would be you don't think they're going to score that many points. The reason I like it is because it causes me to do some research on the teams, which educates me, me more on like their defenses, their offenses, which makes the game more fun for me to watch. So um, that's why I like doing over-unders. I don't like doing spreads, just because then I can also root for scoring. Yay, scoring! 
<laughs> betting the over is a more popular bet uh, in the sports books because people like to root for scoring and touchdowns. It seems like a more exciting thing to do. You can also not worry about the spreads and just bet a team to win. Um, that is called a money line bet. Dave, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, a money line would be good for anyone who um, is good at just uh, doing a pick 'em event or something like that, right? Where you're simply wanting to pick the winners. Let's look at Alabama this week. I think you have the numbers here, but um, there will be a number like I think it's 182. Is that right? Plus 182 on Alabama uh, right now. Minus, so you'd minus have to, 182. Yep, they're the favorite. minus 182. And so that would indicate that you'd have to bet 182 dollars to win a hundred on an Alabama money line. Is that correct? That is correct. So they could win by one and you would win. They don't need to cover the four-point spread, which is the spread in the game. So if you bet 182, you would win 100. Or if you just bet 100, you'd win 55. As opposed to, if you think they're going to win by a touchdown or more, maybe don't dabble in the money line because you're not going to get paid as much. So if you wanted to bet them uh, on the spread, which is minus four, you'd bet 113 to win 100. So a $100 bet would get you an $89 profit back. So the spread is more lucrative, but you're obviously beating points, not just the opponent. And so that's where you have to really be paying attention to that and and not think, oh, I'm just taking Alabama to win there. You're taking them in the points. Exactly. Someone who's favored by about 10 points is probably going to be about a minus 500 money line. You know, you're going to have to bet 500 to win 100. It, it, right. You know, you can see a lot of risk here. Uh, you're betting yeah, a lot a really to win point. a little, so might as well bet a point spread where you're kind of more or less double your money. Well, and what if you don't like the point spread? Is there like a way to buy that down or buy that up or anything like that? Or tease it? That's or a great tease point. It? Yeah. Yes. So if you want to buy a, just an individual game, you can on certain casinos and certain sites, like for example, DraftKings Mobile Betting. You can go in and buy the Alabama point spread from, it's minus four right now. Let's say you wanted it at minus 2.5 Alabama, meaning all they need to win by is that field goal. You don't need to worry about them covering more than four. You can do that, but it would, you know, you're just, your payout's going to be a little less. It's going to be minus 143 as opposed to the minus 113, which the spread was. So you would need to bet 143 to win 100. And just just so our listeners are aware too, we are not sponsored by any gambling site, no. mobile site, anything like that. Skips mentioned DraftKings a few times, so if they are listening and they want to throw us a few dollars, I would love to recoup <laughs> some of my losses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason I'm specifically talking these sites is FanDuel doesn't allow that option. Okay, so you can't right. go in there and and give yourself a more favorable spread, even if it costs you a little more profit. So you just got to shop around to the different sites and see if that is available to them. If you're feeling good about a game that someone will win by a touchdown, why would you bet them at minus 7.5? Because they win by a touchdown, you're screwed. But if you got them at minus 6.5, you'd feel a lot better. All they got to do is win by a touchdown now. And so it's kind of worth it to you to get a little bit less in return, but to not have to have that hook, which they call it, is something that's over a very popular... A score line like three points or seven points yeah that's absolutely right skip that's what i i do quite often is i try to find a number that is, makes more sense and it, for someone who's a little risk adverse it's a it's a nice way to feel a little bit better about um putting a few bucks down because you can take a less profit but feel like your odds are, are a lot better exactly um okay so another way uh, other thing you could do is bet first half spreads you don't even have to bet the full game uh, Boomer, are you familiar with these? Well, pretty much sounds like exactly what it says it is. It's just you're betting the spread on the first half of a game. I know they're pretty common in the NBA just to keep people interested in watching the first half of those, considering most of us just watch the last couple of minutes to see something happen on those. But, uh, yeah, you can bet just the first half of a game, the the spread and, you know, point totals there. Essentially all that is. Pretty self-explanatory. What I love about that, Boomer, is it, it takes away – what's typically known as the backdoor cover a little bit. Because sometimes you'll have a game that's out of hand, and then you'll have a team score a late touchdown, and it will, will you know, the over-under or the spread flips off of that, right? That never happens, Dave. <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe me watching the, the Clemson game last weekend, and the, the point total's at 59 already, and I'm at 59.5, and, and Clemson gets the ball back. 
And I'm like, they're just going to knee this. And oh no, Clemson decides that they want to put their second team and see if they can score. And they're moving the ball down inside the one yard line. And I'm like, what are they doing? They are going to bust me on this. And they stop at the one and they don't score. And I, I win my bet. But I mean, that happens all the time at end of games. In a, a first half spread or even an over-under with a first half bet, um, you're more in the middle of the game and you're not going to see quite that type of like really frustrating bad beat. Right, Skip? Right. Um, these are way more popular in college football. I don't know many people at all who bet first half lines in NFL because you kind of want that full game. You don't want a, few, a slow start to drag you down. But in college football, you have that unique stuff where you get massive blowouts and, you know, Ohio State might call the dogs off in the second half, right? And they're going to start putting in their backups. And so if you're trying to bet them to cover against Indiana by 28 for a full game, you're a little worried that they're going to put in the backups in the fourth quarter or start, you know, kneeling on the ball <laughs> once they're inside the red zone at the end of the game just to bleed the clock and get out of there. And you may need just three more points. Whereas... You can safely assume in most college games you're going to get the starters the full first half and you're going to get the the coaches running up the score as big as they can, maybe so they can rest the starters at the second half for the next week's game. So a lot of people will feel a little more comfortable on a spread with a big game to go dip into that um, halftime line. Yeah, parlays are my favorite. For years, whenever I would go to Vegas, I always choose parlays anywhere from a three to five team parlay. And the reason I like that is because you can lay down a specific bet um, on every team. I like to play the money line on those just so I can root for a team to win. I don't have to worry about um, over-unders or uh, point spreads, anything like that. And your payout increases with the number of teams that you choose. So... um, it's nice. So like a $20 bet where if you're just betting on one team and you're betting the money line, you may only win back like $25. But you throw two, three, four, five teams onto one bet slip and that $20 all of a sudden at times can turn into as much as like $300 win or payout. So I like to play those a lot, especially um, with Premier League soccer. I do that every weekend and I generally only throw about 2 or $3 into it on, on my DraftKings app and, and uh then it just gives me a reason to watch some Premier League soccer and and root for the team that, you know, I put the bet on. You know, Skip, uh, you know, the parlays are risky in in the sense that it's hard to win, you know, three, four games. Uh, But to Rob's point, I mean, they're lucrative, right? They pay out a lot. Uh, We have a good friend, we'll call him Mr. White, um, who um, enjoys gambling. And uh, I think I heard a story last week where he put, he thought he put $10 down on a couple of French Open matches, of all things. And um, he looks uh, on his app, and he, he realized he actually put $100 down, but he won those. And how much did he win off of that bet, Skip? Uh, 680 something like that. <laughs> so uh, there you go. For example, um, I've just built a nice five-ticket parlay here, five-game parlay, uh, for this weekend, all on the money line. So Alabama, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Cincinnati, Miami, Florida. All those five teams just win. They don't need to cover. Just win. Uh, it has bumped my total payout to plus 645. So meaning a $10 bet would win me $75. Yeah, that's that's a great but now, approach. You know, so lines. you're taking all these spreads from mostly 3 to 13, and you're just betting the money line. Um, it's a fun way to follow these games, but... Obviously, that you need all five games to go your way, and college football is crazy, and that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Okay, another way to bet is somewhat similar. It is in the parlay fashion, but they're called teasers. Dave, do you want to explain that? Yeah, a teaser is another great um, way to um, minimize risk. So you can put down um, a parlay, different uh, teams, obviously, and then um, tease down the the number. So let's say you've taken a, a parlay where you've got a, a ten and a half point spread and over under at, at fifty, and and you want to tease those to make it a little bit easier to win, right? And so you can actually bump that um, that ten and a half up to seventeen, right? Six and a half points more and move that over from that, that 50 up to 56, and and then you're 
increasing your odds of, of winning that parlay, but you're reducing your return, right? Um, again, it, 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 you're not going to make as much money on that, but you increase your odds of winning. Right. Uh, much more popular in the NFL because you kind of got those games that sit in the nine and a half range, seven and a half point spread range a lot more than college. A great one that will probably be bet a lot and won by me in the NFL this week is the Ravens are a seven and a half point favorite, Patriots a 10, Dolphins a nine and a half. You put that on a seven point teaser, the Ravens just need to win by half a point, Patriots by three, Dolphins by two and a half. And so you get that seven points subtracted from the spread on each, all three have to hit in the same way a parlay does. And then, you know, you have a payout that way. So 10 would win you 10. And I, I would note, uh, you know, Boomer, it, it always seems like when you look at these spread lines, it's amazing how good Vegas is on, on this sometimes, right? Where it's it's a seven-point spread, and sure enough, it's sitting there right at seven or, or whatever it is at the end of the game. This is a way to kind of, I don't know, avoid that or that frustration of um, losing just because Vegas is so good at setting these lines. Well, it is, and it, and again, the whole idea is just to find ways to get people to, to shell out money to them, and they've come up with a lot of different different solutions, and this is just one of them, and it's a good way for some some people to hedge their bets and feel a little better about what they do. So, keeps the money flowing in. You know, build those casinos by just not having they money. They always are going to take the ten percent, right? Yep, Boomer? absolutely. Uh, all right, another additional way to bet is a team total line. Um, so you're not concerned about the total score in the game. It doesn't matter if your team wins or loses or by how much. You're just betting how many points that team will score. So going back to the big game this week again, Alabama, Georgia. Um, they set the over at 30.5 points that they think Alabama will score this week. So you could bet over 30.5 or under 30.5. And it doesn't matter the outcome of the game, but just did Alabama score that many points individually as a team or not? I'm going to go ahead and guess to keep you Nebraska people interested. I have a feeling it's going to be one of two options next week. You're going to see Nebraska's team total versus Ohio State be either 17.5 or 20.5. Uh, what do you, you guys feel any differently how the sports books would make that line? Take the over. Eight no, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Not what you thought. They might hold Ohio State what, what to like fourteen think? points. You know, that'd be right. Yeah, yeah. You know, skip. I think I think that probably makes makes sense. I mean, I think I would see an actual uh, spread um, opening line at somewhere around twenty one points or so. I is my guess, and it's maybe going to get get bet down a little bit because that's typically how ne- Nebraska lines happen. But um, if you're thinking about a, a a score that's you know. 38-17 Ohio State, something like that. That seems quite quite realistic. Um, but, yeah, I could see that. Anyway, so there's always options to bet those little individual nuggets as well. And there's another thing called live in-game betting, where you can be betting the game as it happens. Um, so you can – sometimes you just know, right, uh, Boomer and Dave, after watching the first seven minutes on the field, you're like, holy crap. We're either going to roll today or we're going to... It's happening. Wisconsin's running all over our behind again. <laughs> start start putting money on Wisconsin. Now, that game, that game line, it will refresh up to the minute. Sometimes it'll take a few minutes off to see what's going on on the field, an injury or whatever. So you'll see, like, if Wisconsin don't bid at a 10-point favorite, Nebraska scores first, opening drive, you might see the game line change to Wisconsin minus four. So then you can bet Wisconsin minus four at that point. I mean, that opening line number is moot. It's gone. Um, now, if Wisconsin rolls the first two touchdowns of the game, you might see that already jumping up to minus 16. You, so you could kind of be watching the game live as you're doing and being on your phone, refreshing and seeing if there's a line there you like to uh, start hitting to maybe. You know, Skip, I, I think for... Uh, a sharp better who's really paying attention this is a good way to to take advantage of of the system a little bit right because you're right if if there's a fluke touchdown scores early it'll move the line about that touchdown or so but if you still think the team that was favored by 14 or whatever is the dominant team and is going to come back and and win that game you could get a, a really nice 
um, spread all of a sudden because they gave up a, a, a you know a big 80 yard touchdown pass in the first drive and you're that was just not indicative of the rest of the game if you're really planning to sit down and watch a game like i'm sure most listeners do to every nebraska game you might be better off just betting live betting rather than a pregame spread because you're kind of going to tell the ebbs and flow of the game how's it how it's going is our line being dominated up front right at the beginning this is not looking like a good day maybe i'm going to start betting the other team or holy crap we look all together we're we're doing things I haven't seen us do before. We're looking, you know, you could bet yep, it both ways. Right. And that's a good point too, Skip, because uh, my evening parlay, so I always do like a morning parlay and an evening parlay for, for the college games. I got in late on the evening parlays or the evening bets, and a couple of games, teams that were favored to win, all of a sudden they were down like 10 nothing in the first quarter of the game, and all of a sudden the the spread went back to where the, the team that was not favored to win the game in the beginning is now favored, right, based off of the in-game spread. So I quickly picked those games, but there was no way that this team that was up 10 nothing was going to win a game by seven points, let alone win at all. So I took those really quick as fast as I could, got that into the parlay, and ended up banking on it. The, the Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, big game, close spread, Monday night football a couple weeks ago. That was one I live bet in one big. Like right away the Chiefs came out and started steamrolling and and the Ravens look like they're playing catch up and that's not their specialty. I was live betting the game at Chiefs minus four and even when it's minus nine and you know, won comfortably. Alright, so let's talk about line movement. When we're giving all these numbers like Alabama minus four, those are liquid numbers. They're not solid. They change throughout the week based on um, where a lot of the money and the bets are coming in on. Uh, for example, Alabama opened at six and a half point favorites. It's already down to four, and it's just Wednesday. We've got three more days for the kickoff. Your lines can move, so can over and unders. It might op- an over might open at sixty nine and goes to seventy four. Nice. Um, you'll you'll see a lot of changes from Monday to Friday. And the reason is this, they're trying, the sports books are trying to minimize their liabilities if everyone is betting on one side so they don't get their drawers drained if, if that side does hit. The news of Nick Saban coming out today that he tested positive for COVID, you could kind of see a correlation to that news and why Alabama went from a six and a half to now just a four. Probably just on that news alone, people started coming in and pounding Georgia because maybe Nick Saban's not going to be there. And so that's something to monitor all week, how lines go, how lines move. It, you know, Skip, one thing that I've learned quickly is sometimes it, it's advantageous to bet early in the week, and sometimes it's better to wait. Can you talk through that a little bit for our listeners? Sure. If if you really think a team uh, is going to get their butts whooped, you, you might... Uh, bet against them earlier in the week before that spread continually goes on the favorites. More often than not, the favorite gets bet up to a point. So it could open at a 13.5 point spread. Um, Ohio State versus Nebraska, if you think Nebraska is going to get rolled, bet that early in the week because the general public's probably going to come in on Ohio State given the track records of the schools the last handful of years. And that's going to go up to probably 15 to 16 and a half by game time. So you could have got it for Ohio State just needed to win by two touchdowns. And now you need two touchdowns and a field goal later in the week. So if you're really confident on something, hit it early. If you were going to bet Nebraska anyway in that scenario, wait. Don't bet it at 13 and a half. Bet it as high as it goes by Friday, you know, and, and maybe you get it at 17 and a half. And now they just need to come within 17 and you win. The other flip side is that if you're not sure about a player, uh, if Adrian Martinez, let's say, is kind of questionable all week, you don't know if he's going to play, you, you just kind of want to wait later in the week to find out if he's playing or not to have more information to make a smarter bet. Or if weather is involved, we know that, Lord knows that's going to be involved in a lot of Big Ten games this year, playing deep into December at cold weather stadiums. Is there going to be snow? Is that going to really hurt passing teams' chances? Is it going to be a high of negative 13 with wind chill in Iowa? That affects the scoring in games, and you might want to start betting the under in that case if if the forecast is playing that way. So, Skip, uh, for the um, uh, cliff notes of that, if you like the favorite, bet early. If you like the dog, wait till Saturday morning. Fair to say? It is a safer way to go. So that brings us into the oddities of betting this particular season. 
Since, as everyone knows, we're in unprecedented times. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the weird things we have seen in this weird start of a season from a betting standpoint. Personally, let's talk about the lack of defense from the SEC um, and some of the um, over-unders uh, that, that people bet. That's supposed to be the conference of defense, right? Everybody in that in that league is supposed to be really good defenders. You see uh, defenders from all of those teams go really early in the NFL draft, usually in the first day or two. Um, this year, my Lord, they it's almost like they switch coaches with the Big 12. Um and I have had nothing but luck with the over bets on um, SEC games over, over, over. Um, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if they're having trouble adjusting. I don't know if it's because they um, are actually playing decent uh, offenses to start with the season and their defenses haven't had a time to catch up. But lately, the over has been the bet there. And that's usually not the case with the SEC. And let's talk about the oddity of never seeing these teams play this year before they go right into conference play for most of these, right, Boomer? I mean, how weird is it to judge these this first week of Big Ten football this year without having seen anybody play anyone from a decent team out of conference, like Ohio State was going to play Oregon, to just the tune-up games where you play Northwestern Appalachian Community College? Yeah, that's one of the... One of the other huge challenges about this season, um, and part of the reason I follow gambling at all, you know, in Nebraska where we can't do it, is I just enjoy looking at data, you know, discovering patterns, making predictions based on that. And usually when you have those, you know, lead-in games early on the season, you can kind of get a chance to see, okay, here's how these teams are going to go. You know, if we'd say, oh, Nebraska's case, we'd have a few weeks of seeing, is Adrian Martinez back to the freshman Adrian Martinez, or is he struggling like he was last year? That would give you a whole lot of clues and you know how how are these teams going to play when they're stepping up against bigger bigger opponents or conference foes so without those games you're kind of seeing the issues that the sec is having like rob mentioned it's just they go from you know normally playing powder puffs early on in the schedule to actually playing each other and it's almost a toss-up in some cases you don't have a whole lot of data points to go on you don't they, they don't have a chance to establish a rhythm or get those players you know, tuned up the way they'd like them to, and you don't always know what you're going into. So that just adds a whole new wrinkle to this season, and it's part of the challenge, and I guess part of the fun of this whole thing. As far as picking and betting this year, doesn't it feel like you're flying blind a little, Dave? These first few weeks, I've been very hesitant, especially the first few weeks, to bet anything larger than I yeah, normally abs- would. Or absolutely, very uncertain. And good example was, you know, I, I, I try to get as much information just like, like Boomer's talking about before I make a bet. And one I looked at last week was um, Houston versus Tulane. That was an oddity because Houston had had multiple games canceled and had yet to play, and Tulane had multiple games underneath their belt. So that would tell you, well, Tulane is, um, you know, more midseason form. Houston's been you know, stop and go, they're probably not going to be at their prime. Tulane looks like a, a, a good bet there. But what what happens, Houston goes out and blows Tulane out, even though they had five turnovers to Tulane's zero. Makes no sense whatsoever. That doesn't add up, right? And so there's just weird things like that across the board right now. And it that might normalize a little bit here as we get a little bit further into the season. And, and hopefully with Big Ten play, at least everybody's on the same playing field. Everybody's going to have starting... Uh, week one um that's their first game so yeah and to throw another wrench into all this is covid you just got healthy guys that can drop from the roster but now you also have to monitor not only did covid take some people from the roster or or if people you know the school just had to shut down some facilities for a time and not allow practice for a day like did that team miss a practice this week uh, there's a lot of, more of that you're gonna have to monitor this weekend to be a more uh, a well-informed up to the minute educated better and then another big one home field advantage normally you see home field advantage built into the lines should nebraska and michigan play on a neutral field that line would be different and if they're playing in Memorial Stadium, then then they're playing in the Big House. It will be all three of those lines would have been differently made by a sports book. But now that these stadiums are empty, how do you guys feel 
you know, you got to think Vegas is going to factor that in a little bit. But how do you feel about road games and home games and that being an advantage to your teams? Yeah, Skip, that's, it's really hard to figure out, to be honest with you. I mean, I look at these spreads, and, and I don't know what Vegas is, is doing sometimes on a few of those things. Because you're right, if you look at um, a preseason magazine like Phil Still, he'll put the home field advantage in the top corner, like, you know, Alabama 5.5 points, Ohio State 5 Maybe Nebraska is only like three or four these days, um, and so that that's a that's a almost a consistent factor you see on home field advantage, and it's just hard to imagine Vegas is taking that um, literally this year, and it's definitely been down at least a couple points, I would guess. Yeah, and I've seen uh, articles written on this where they would analyze like a Bundesliga, you know, over the summer when it came to this, they they pulled fans from there from their games too, and I think the study showed that teams actually did perform worse at home than they normally would due to the lack of fans. And so it, it does have an impact. And again, like we said, Vegas is in this business to make money. They're, they're going to take that kind of stuff into account when they set their lines and, and odds. So. And I think a good example of that this year is, do you guys really think my, uh, Mississippi State goes into uh, LSU, Baton Rouge, a great home field advantage, especially if that was a night game? You know, one of the more feared places to play at night in Mississippi going into the first home game after a national championship. You think they just come in there and roll a stadium like that? Uh, I, I, you got to think that that game doesn't go down the same way as it did. Yeah, that's with a really good point. Pretty empty Absolutely. stadium. The best example I can use in that, uh, even though there were some fans, was um, this weekend the Raiders go into Kansas City and win there for the first time in eight years, right? And there was definitely not a lot of crowd noise going on in that game whatsoever. And I feel like that was probably a good contributor to that entire game. I feel like it is an advantage to the visiting team in the way that they're not going to have to change a lot of their play calling on offense and maybe even on defense at points um, based off of the crowd noise and the way, and the way things are going. Right. You're going to hear maybe less false starts on the road because you're going to hear your quarterback give his call you know, his cadence on the line of scrimmage. So on that note... The Big Ten, week ahead. Let's talk some Big Ten gambling. We don't have any spreads out this week because uh, we're still a week off from playing, but we do have another way to bet, and you can bet on the conference champion. The team that is favored is Ohio State, as usual. No, really, Skip? I- I never would have said that. I don't that. make wow. these lines, Dave. I mean, I have they seen their lines. opening game? Who's foolish enough? I mean, come on. <laughs> so, to win the conference, they are a minus 400 favorite, which means if you picked them, you'd have to bet 400 to win 100. The next odds-on favorite, anyone wants to take a guess? Wisconsin. No, it is Penn State. Mm. Plus 550. Wisconsin right behind them at plus 600. Then you got to go a long ways for the next one at Michigan, a plus 2,000. Nebraska, sixth. A lot of value there, Skip. Yeah, a lot of value. Nebraska, <laughs> sixth. Sorry, seventh, uh, plus 660. So what does that mean? If you bet just $10 on Nebraska to win the Big Ten, and they do it, you would win $670. Man, I was just Lucrative thinking of dropping intriguing. money on everybody but Ohio State. What the heck? And Boomer, yeah. just because you're here, if you bet ten dollars on Rutgers, <laughs> you would win five thousand. There you go, folks. Yeah. Now, Boomer, that that's not a bad. I mean, maybe you might avoid Rutgers, but you could take, you know, the field essentially take five or six, uh, Big Ten teams and with ten bucks a pop, and and see if Ohio State falters and. You probably could yeah, I've, I've that. taken that approach you know, sometimes with like Kentucky Derbies and things like that, where you have an overwhelming favorite, you just drop two bucks on everybody else, and their odds are so good. Sometimes you you end up winning money even if you lose, you know, six out of those seven bets or whatever it is. So this might be a time where you'd consider something like that. Well, since Nebraska's going eight and zero anyway, we know Ohio State's dropping that first game. There you go, problem solved. Betcast. The Betcast best bets. So I want to give you guys just a little disclaimer, okay, that we're giving you picks that we're actually going to, two to three a week, be putting money down on ourselves. I know the social media can be a hell of a place for people talking crap to people who get a prediction wrong, and multiply that by 10 if it's a prediction they said they're putting money on, 
I just want you guys to know, save all that towards us. Don't at me, bro, because we're in this boat with you. We're commiserating with you. If you lost because you bet what we did, well, we lost too, okay? And likewise, we could celebrate together because if you bet it and we win, we, we both bet it together, all right? We're in this together. So uh, save just, the hate. Just having fun. Yeah, we're giving you information. We're just telling you what we're betting. If you choose to do it, then that's on you. We can't say this enough. We're not professionals. <laughs> All right, well, since I like to do my parlays, I did a little bit of research, and, and I decided that for our inaugural show, I would actually take one team from the three Power 5 conferences that are playing right now. So I've got one SEC team, one Big 12 team, and one ACC team, um, basically, uh, in my three-team parlay. Uh, first off, I'm taking um, Virginia Tech with the minus 12 spread. I'm actually going to go with the points on, or with the uh, with the 12-point spread on this one. Um, I just, I do my research. Like I said, I, I see how many points each team scores a game, blah, blah, blah. That's how I made that choice. Um, I'm just going to go with um, West Virginia and the over. Um, basically, I'm taking the over in the West Virginia and Kansas game. The over is 51 and a half points right now. So um, I think that West Virginia is probably just going to have a field day with Kansas because we know how good they aren't. Um, and then here's going to be my lock of the week. Um, I'm looking into this, and I think Georgia is going to win outright at Alabama this week. And, Rob, That's you were telling lock. us offline, this was before the Saban news came down. You were locking it, it this is, up. It is. I was locking this up before the Saban news came down. Um Georgia is the one team in the SEC that seems to be playing defense this year. They're only allowing like 12 points a game in their first three games. So every other uh, team like Alabama is allowing like 30 points per game or something like that. And Alabama's so. averaging 51 on offense, so it's the irresistible force and the immovable object. Something's got to give, but you know what? It's our first show, and I'm going big. Fun little stat, Dave. <laughs> These are the type of stats we hope to dispense most weeks, but we just did a more educational approach tonight. Uh, Georgia is they're nine and one of their games going under in their last ten SEC games. Yep, absolutely. So if you think there's one team that can slow Alabama down, Georgia's have been going under. Yeah, I, I actually think I would probably take the under in that game. I might to our our previous conversations buy that. So I think the under right now is at fifty six. Is that right, Skip? Something like that. Um, I might feel a little bit better if that's at 58 or 59, but I might take it 56 because it opened at 49 and a half or something like that. So a lot of movement on that. And I, I think Georgia, I think Alabama's still going to win that game, but I, I think Ugga is going to keep it really, really close. And it's, it's going to be a lower scoring game than what we've seen most of these SEC slugfests. Yeah, it's um, at 56 right now. Yep, yep. So I'll, I'll go next, Skip, and I, I think I'm taking uh, Rob on on one of these, uh, the Boston College-Virginia Tech uh, matchup. I am taking BC with those 12 points. Uh, Boston College is a um, against-the-spread monster. They are covering as a dog all over the place um, the last couple of years, and they did just last week. So I think BC is a good bet there. And with the Cincinnati-Tulsa game, uh, I'm taking the under on that one. Cincinnati is a, a heavy, should be a heavy favorite. They're not really, though. Tulsa pulled the upset, or Tulsa did pull the upset versus Central Florida a couple weeks ago um, and played Oklahoma State well. Um, and I just think that's going to ultimately be a, a, a close, low-scoring affair. Both those teams have hit the under multiple times this year. So I'm taking the under at 44. Um and the other game I'm looking at, and and I'm not as confident in this one, so I might actually um, take an, an alternate spread as well, but Auburn, South Carolina. And I just so disappointed with Auburn Tigers this year. They just do not look good. They had to have that last-second field goal against Arkansas um, to pull that game out. And South Carolina looks like a pretty competent SEC um, East team. And so I'm, I'm going to – the line, I think, is uh, South Carolina – uh, getting three points, so plus three, and so I think I'm going to take those points. I might might move that up to maybe a, a plus five, plus six, something like that. All right. Um, 
we need a name for when two of our best bets go up head to head against each other. So that you know, should be a that could be a Twitter, Twitter poll. poll. That's what I mean. Uh, we'll put a Twitter <laughs> poll or send us suggestions at gobigredcast at gmail dot com and any other questions you may have in the future about some specifics uh, into the deep wide world of degenerate gambling. <laughs> Boomer, you got some picks. Well, I do, but again, uh, being a resident of the fine state of Nebraska, um, minor for entertainment purposes only at this point, um, again, I, I try to analyze these things with the data I've got. I look for, for teams and that, that you have a good amount of data on um, just to try to make an educated guess on this. Um, I, I'd have two picks that I feel pretty confident on. Uh, the first one is actually... It matches one sent in by one of our uh, regular listeners, Jeremy. He uh, picked BYU uh, to defeat Houston. Um, the spread he got was BYU at minus four. I think you can get BYU anywhere to minus five, minus five and a half at this point. But I'd feel pretty good at that one. BYU had a kind of a shaky performance last week against uh, the Roadrunners, but otherwise they've been churning out, you know, quite a few points, you know, every week. You know, averaging 40, 50 points a week, you know, in a game. And, uh, you know, as Dave mentioned, Houston's kind of a questionable, Yeah, they've only had the one game, and they turned it over a whole bunch, you know, last week, so I'd, I'd feel pretty confident BYU's going to win that, and if they're going to win, they're going to win by a touchdown, so I'd feel, I'd feel pretty confident in that one. And the other, the other game I was eyeing was an over-under on this, and that was the uh, Miami-Pitt game. Uh, Miami's coming off a loss against Clemson, they look kind of sluggish, but otherwise, against anyone other than Clemson, they looked decent they can turn out a lot of points they put what 52 up against fsu who's you know arguably not a great team but neither is Pitt. um and that's an example where the line's been moving down for some reason on it it opened at about 52 and a half and currently you can get it at as low as 47 in some of the sites so you know with Pitt and miami they only have to score 47 points combined and that's both teams basically in the mid-20s I, I feel pretty confident that both teams are going to be able to at least hit that. I mean, Pitt can score points. They're not great, but uh, Miami can put up points. They don't have to be great. You just want them to score, and I feel pretty safe in saying both those schools are going to be able to score mid-20s pretty easily. One hits the 30s, you're looking really good. So those would be my two choices for the week. I like that one, Boomer. Nice pick. All right, I'm going to go with my three best bets of the week. Um, my first one is just I'm betting on trends in this game, and that is Charlotte versus Florida International. Charlotte is um, five and one against the spread in their last six games. Four and zero oh in their last five or four conference games. Three and zero oh against the spread this year. Florida International, on the other hand, is one and five against the spread in their last six games. One and one this year. So you would think Charlotte would be favored by more than a touchdown, but they're not. It is only seven to Charlotte. So that just looks like two teams trending in the wrong direction that I like to go if the if a spread is that low. Um, my other one is I'm going with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss on a team total, as we discussed early. Team total, Ole Miss to score over 38.5 points against Arkansas this week. They've already scored 35 versus Florida. 42 versus Kentucky, who just shut Mike Leach and Mississippi State out, and 48 versus Bama. Why couldn't they get 38 and a half versus Arkansas at home? It seems way too easy. And this is still an Arkansas team that's given up 27 a game to much lesser offenses. Uh, and my lock of the week, sometimes, you know, you bet on a team. Most of the times people say, I'm betting on this team. Sometimes you bet against a team, and that's what I'm doing here. I'm betting against Kansas for the foreseeable future. Let me tell you, uh, in their first three games this year, their difference from the spread is 18 on average. They haven't come closer to 16 points of just co trying to cover a spread. Not of a total within 16 points Against the spread, they haven't even come that close. And so they're going on the road to West Virginia this week, and it is 22 and a half, 23.5, depending where you're looking. I mean, to me, that is so easy. 
and, and Skip Les Miles uh, may not be yeah, there because Les Miles has he's been out uh, because he's been quarantining. On top of it, if he was supposed to be the only decent thing that was in that program right now, he is not <laughs> even there, and they're getting waxed by 18 over the spread each week. Easily take West Virginia there, especially if it's going to be under 24 points. I love that one, Skip. That's a great one. And finally, we've given a tryout to Jeremy, who's been emailing in to the Redcast asking how he could get on this show because he used to live in Vegas. And we told him, all right, send us your picks each week. If you hit over maybe 65% after a number of weeks, we'll we'll keep including your picks. Well, as uh, Boomer mentioned, he picked BYU against Houston, although he listed it at minus four. It is minus five and five and a half right now. And this is a great example of lines moving throughout the week that we talked about earlier. Um, Another one he listed was the over in Georgia, Alabama at 49 and a half. I have no idea if where he got 49 and a half at any point. All I've seen it open was closer to 56. So, Jeremy, I don't know if you're buying that number down to that. You need to be more specific next time if you are. But I'm going to have to give you it at the Wednesday number of 56 because as we have to do on the Redcast, we have to deliver our bets on the Wednesday numbers. Um, so we're going to give you that Wednesday number of 56 over George Alabama. And then he threw an NFL game in there because I guess he doesn't like college. Uh, that's 49ers plus three and a half against the Los Angeles Rams. So there you have it, folks. The best bets of the week. All right. Great stuff, Skip. This is uh, this is going to be entertaining. Thank you for listening to the first week. We promise it'll be way less heavy on what everything is next week and more in on the stats and numbers next week, especially as we get into the Big Ten football season and that exciting stuff to be betting on. Uh, but we do want to give you a little PSA here. Always bet responsibly. We're dead serious about that. Do not go betting what you don't have or betting beyond your means. This is purely entertainment. The same kind of entertainment. Instead of taking $10 to go watch a movie in a theater, you put it on a game and rather watch that with some excitement instead. Uh, That is all we are betting as entertainment. None of us are professionals. This is just a hobby to make the weekends a little more fun. Dave, you even shared about how exciting Saturday mornings could be and then how devastating it turns halfway through the day. That's absolutely right, Skip. Uh, Every Saturday morning, I feel like I'm going to hit every single one of my bets, and by the end of the night, I'm like, what the heck happened? But um, last Saturday, I I lost my first set of bets, and then I won everything in the evening. I won two bucks last Saturday, Skip, and that's what counts. Even professionals only hit at a 65% rate or less guys this this is true the difference is they're betting tens of thousands on a game so over the course of a year that 60 percent success rate adds up okay <laughs> don't think you're gonna get rich and certainly you're gonna feel way worse when you have a losing week because you will have many losing weeks and games if you're betting your kids christmas present money on it okay <laughs> you don't want that and there's help for that Contact the National Council on Problem Gambling if you have a problem or get into a problem, okay? 1-800-522-4700, ncpgambling.org, that you can also chat with people there. Merry gambling. Best of luck on all your bets. May you and us win some money. Dave? And that's a Go Big Betcast. Go Big Red.